The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of God touches earth in the humility of Christ, here and now where the head of the Charles reaches out to the heart of the country, we gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered communion and community here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your decisions, self-selection of forms of ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us come Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
together may we pray. Lord, we pray that your grace may always precede and follow us, that we may continually be given to good works through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. We pause as we begin our hour of worship to bring ourselves before God's presence to recognize our need for repentance and our hunger for righteousness, to get dressed right so that we might not be like the poor fellow who came to the wedding without the right clothing. We will take off in these moments the raiment of wrong and put, up, put on ourselves the robe of righteousness. As the choir guides us, may we bow for silent confession. have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Beloved, if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from St. Paul's Epistle to the Romans, chapter 12, verses 9 through 11. Let love be genuine, Hate what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never lag in zeal, be ardent in spirit, serve the Lord. 
Rejoice in your hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, practice hospitality. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Let us say together verses from, 100, verses from Psalm 106 with the antiphon. God, O oh, give thanks to God who is good, whose steadfast love endures forever, who can utter the mighty doings of God or declare all God's praises. Happy are those who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O oh God, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you deliver them that I may see the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory in your heritage. Let us stand as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, look, 
I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to this wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
please be seated. To stand in a beloved and a familiar pulpit is to evoke a sense of humility, grounded in pride, a sense of understanding, grounded in wonder, a sense of life grounded in an awareness of death, a sense of love grounded in longing and need. We pause for a moment, grateful for your observance of the Lord's day in these days. It's good to stand for a moment, for since August, we've had a hurricane on August 28th, matriculation services for chapel and university September 4th, a day, morning and afternoon and evening of observances on September 11th, a special Howard Thurman sermon on the 18th, also our visit that day to our sibling congregation in Concord, Massachusetts, and then on the 25th, the beauty of Bach and bye-bye to our Elizabeth Fomby Hall, director of hospitality, or as she self-identified, our shepherdess and last week, Holy Communion. It's good to stand for a minute, to be rooted and grounded. Of course, there have been other issues abroad in these weeks. We have absorbed our Yankee grief in our own Yankee way with regard to the non-Yankees. I mean that baseball team nearby and we remember Ecclesiastes and his wrestling with whether the beginning is better than the ending. And we think of one season in particular and we're not sure at all. We do think Ecclesiastes was right though that the race is not always to the swift nor the battle to the strong nor riches to the wise nor intelligence to the people of skill but time and chance happen to them all. It does evoke the memory of an old poem. It looked extremely rocky for the Mudville Nine that day. The score stood four to six with but an inning left to play. And so with Cooney tied at first and Burroughs did the same, a pallor wreathed the features of the patrons of the game. And now the pitcher holds the ball and now he lets it go. And now the air is shattered by the force of Casey's blow. Oh, somewhere in this favored land, the sun is shining bright. And somewhere bands are playing, and somewhere hearts are light. And somewhere men are laughing, and somewhere children shout. But there is no joy in Mudville. Mighty Casey has struck out, and we move to another season. It's good to pause to stand in a familiar and beloved pulpit and to stand in a familiar and beloved text. So beautiful, so radiant, Romans 12 and 9. We give it to you, we place it before you. We love it so much we've given you a copy to take home with you, an aid to memory, if you will. You know, this is not what we would have expected from the Apostle 
to the Gentiles, for here, 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 he says, this is the way to live. We have been accustomed to more speculative, more impractical theology in Romans to this point, have we not? Some Decembers ago at our University Leadership Council meeting, we debated and discussed and voted to approve a PhD in practical theology. And after the vote, one of our wise colleagues leaned forward and said, well, could someone tell me what is impractical theology? And after the laughter and after the silence, the president said, I think we'll ask Dean Hill to respond. <laughs> and I said, you know, I'm not sure I can fully respond to that question right now, but I can tell you that Friday night is lessons and carols at 6 p.m. and we'd love to have you there. <laughs> that is, we're moving from the speculative to the very applicable here. We wouldn't have expected it from the apostle to the Gentiles who has told us in cosmic dimensions of our creation and conscience the origin of our life in Romans 1, 2. We would not have expected it from the apostle to the Gentiles who has guided us in the great watershed of faith in Romans 3 to 5, from Christ to cross, our health, our life, our salvation. We would not have expected it from this feisty, bachelor, epileptic, tent maker, evangelist, Paul, who has given us in chapters 6 to 8 of the same letter, the spirit, grace, freedom. Nor would we have expected it of Paul, who in chapters 9 to 11 of that very epistle conjures and pouts and wonders about the fate of his country folk. We wouldn't have expected it after sin and salvation and scripture and synagogue, but here it is. Did you ever ask, were you ever asked, could you get me started in this walk of faith? Is there a primer, an opening? You know, sometimes in that hearing of that question, the response given is, there's really no Cliff Notes version. You're not going to find a brief summary. You find your way in the same way you do in growing up and growing old and living and loving and losing and departing. You take a step and you learn a little. And sometimes the response is, well, the Gospel of Luke, Augustine's Confessions, Lewis, mere Christianity, Tom Wright, simply Christian. Doug Hammerskold, markings. Paul Tillich, you are accepted. Karl Barth, epistle to the Romans. Leslie Weatherhead, the Christian agnostic. Something to read. But the first response is too little. The second response is too much. And here in Romans 12, we have that beautiful medium. The full response to your question, can you get me started? How do I move into, how do we move into this life 
of faith. And the answer? Let love be genuine. Paul gives here 13 admonitions. They are all, by the way, in the plural. All you all. All you all let love be genuine. These are not individual commands any more than Genesis. Uh, At the beginning of Genesis is an individual command. When we hear be fruitful and multiply, fill the whole earth, you don't need to take that on in your household only. It's not for you alone, although Susanna and Samuel Wesley did a great deal in their double dozen tries, but it's meant for all. It's a communal, shared message. And that's good news. I'm being gentle here because we are limited in what we can do individually. Hate what is evil. Notice the variable certainty, the firm flexibility of Paul here. He says nothing in detail. Well, after all, tracing sin and salvation in scripture and synagogue, he has shown us that we can trust our experience to know when things have gone wrong. That is, if this phrase were a sculpture, it would not be a representational sculpture. It would not be a personification. It would not be a sculpture that has a torso and limbs and hands and a face and one gaze only. So limited that. It would be rather a sculpture, say, of uh, birds in flight, a monument with a flock free as the gospel, birds in flight, not unlike our monument here on Marsh Plaza. Paul is aware that we recognize the differences between what is legal and what is moral, and they're not always the same individually or corporately. Hold fast to what is good. Life is good. Life is not a problem. Life is not a predicament. Life is not shot through with evil. Hold fast to what is good, says the apostle. Hold on. You are living, we are living on borrowed breath in David Kelsey's phrase. Hold to what is good. Notice this slight swing from a new work by David Kelsey about God's goodness to create us to draw us to eschatological consummation, and when we are alienated, to reconcile us. Just a little turn from Father, Son, Spirit to Father, Spirit, Son. An opening, creative, loving. Love one another with mutual affection. Love is reciprocal when it is real. It is giving and receiving. It is rounded together. It is uh, shared, whether we think of the teaching of Matthew, love your neighbor, or the teaching of John, love one another, Paul somewhere in the middle. It is reciprocal, this mutual care and love. Outdo one another in showing honor. This week, Professor Doniger reminded us that the Hindu Vedas, the great ancient scriptures, if you will, of India for 15 
hundred years were transmitted parent to child orally by speech and memory, sometimes with a chant or a chorus, sometimes with a physical motion, sometimes with a change in tone. But when South, West, and East, they were finally put to writing the end of the 19th century, that honoring had made them precisely, exactly the same. Or as our own Ed McClure said this week in his lecture, we need balance to honor one another. We need balance between what you want, what I want, and what we need. Be ardent in spirit, never lag in zeal, serve the Lord. These three admonitions Paul gives us together, they're Sunday morning invitations. You know, Sunday is the day when we mark the passage of time, when we get up and we brush our teeth and we find our way to pulpit or pew. Taking a walk in the woods is good, but remember what Thoreau said about a walk he took to a pond, one of his nearby ponds. He said it was lovely, but I began to think, what is natural beauty if man is base? And he concluded, the remembrance of my country spoiled my walk, I returned. We are ardent in spirit to gather with one another and to recognize that she needs to see you and hear your voice in the pew ahead. He needs to hear you and know your take, your rendering of a current issue or a presented teaching. We need one another in this journey of faith, which is constituted by 4,000 Sundays, more or less, 1,500 haircuts, more or less, 60 tax forms, more or less, and in a year, 529,600 minutes, which in a lifetime, if my calculator is right, means 42,348,000. That means we ardent in spirit gather each Sunday, never to lag in zeal. Stephen Jobs, his mantra, simplify, simplify, simplify. Serve the Lord. Now, now we'll take up Matthew again, a, a dark parable from the closure, the coming to closure of St. Matthew here the offering of divine generosity, here the awareness or lack of awareness in respect of response by the human being, here divine righteous indignation, here harsh judgment, here a further offering of divine generosity and a speechless lack of awareness of where we are and what time it is. Closing with a still riddled and riddling riddle, many are called and few are chosen. Of course, Matthew has in mind at the end of the first century the need of self-protection for his church. He has in mind the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 
A.D. He may have in mind that in the first century, early second, we have hardly a reference at all to Jesus of Nazareth in the Greco-Roman world. He has in mind the less than enthusiastic reception Jesus received among his own. But gathering these, Matthew helps us, guides us, saying we move from repentance to righteousness to serve the Lord together. Rejoice in your hope, who hopes for what he sees, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This afternoon we shall celebrate a wedding, such a quintessential, beautiful time of hope. If two can so covenant, who knows what the limits might be. Oh, we could take a, a sardonic look and remember the phrases of Thornton Wilder. A man looks pretty small at a wedding, all those good women standing shoulder to shoulder, making sure the knot is tied in a mighty public way. We could hear that sardonic, muted tone, but truly, at the heart, it is a gift of hope. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. The word here is long-suffering, endurance. These are all communal admonitions. We rejoice with those who rejoice. We weep with those who weep. We journey together. We journey together. When need is at its sharpest, love is at its finest. And faith gives us the power to withstand what we cannot understand. Some of us this week saw Candide and all of the Bernstein musical beauty and the set change visual attraction couldn't cover over his warning to us in the question, is this the best that is possible? Matthew, serve the Lord. Paul, in long-suffering, taking the one step that leads to another, the long view, serve the Lord. Contribute, says Paul, to the saints and practice hospitality. He leads here with the call to be constant in prayer. We were reminded this week of the prayer of Bishop Tutu. Those who have been great activists have been devotional leaders as well. Wrote he, good is stronger than evil, love is stronger than hate, life is stronger than death, light is stronger than darkness, and we are victors all through him who loved us. Paul saves the toughest for the last two. These are matters of hospitality and of generosity. Hospitality is to time what generosity is to money. You would agree, I know, that in the main we would prefer one tithing Christian to one born-again Christian if we had to choose one from the other. You all, many, are raised in a tradition annually of saving 10% and of giving 10%. The word is koinonia, so often used by Paul, this sharing in the needs of others. Is this not, in part, what is gurgling up 
among those in cities near and far, hiking and camping outdoors in these days. We seem to be able to send men and women in uniforms with pay to the far corners of the earth. Can we send men and women in uniforms with pay to schools and parks and gardens and needs in neighborhoods near and far? Where is the WPA when you need it, you might ask? Practice hospitality. Our Dean of Hospitality says that to render this teaching, one needs to be both a customer and an owner, an innkeeper and an innovator, a servant and a leader. We together practice hospitality. That is the preparing of the meal of friendship, the setting of the table of companionship, the pouring of the bath of empathy, the washing of the linens, of suffering, it is to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. If this were a Methodist revival, I would have us sing these 13 together. If this were the black church, I would call you to call in response and response and call in rhyme and rhythm and rhythm and rhyme. If this were Fenway Park, I would start the wave or sing Sweet Caroline, but this is March Chapel, which is neither one or the other or the third, except that now you mention it in a way we are part one and part another and part a third. No, I'll simply line it out to you as an aid in memory and ask you to repeat after me. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast what is good. Love one another with mutual affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never lag in zeal. Be ardent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Amen? Amen. As we come to a time to share our prayers with God and with one another, I invite you to stand or sit or kneel or come to the altar rail. Whichever pose will best help you support the prayers of this community. Our prayer this morning comes from the Lutheran tradition. And as the choir sings, Lead Me, Lord, I invite you to enter into a spirit of prayer.
Let us pray for the whole people of God and for all people according to their needs. Responding to each petition, hear our prayer. For the whole church, that true to its calling, it may witness to the radical and boundless love of God and proclaim God's love in word and deed. O God of love and mercy, hear our prayer. For all the people of our church, for all pastors and leaders and teachers, that strengthened by word and sacrament, our witness in this land may be full of faith and love. O God of love and mercy, hear our prayer. For all the baptized, that we may embrace our lives and the lives of others with courage and compassion, unafraid of joy and pain, sickness and health. May our care be a sign of God's care. O God of love and mercy, hear our prayer. For those who govern the nations of the world, that they may use their authority in wisdom, kindness, and peacefulness. Awaken in all who govern a thirst for justice that embodies your care for the human community. O God of love and mercy, hear our prayer. For all those who suffer poverty, injustice, or oppression, that you, God, would rescue them when they cry out. Open the ears of our hearts to hear, and quicken in us the fire to respond in love. O God of love and mercy, hear our prayer. For all who suffer illness, distress, or grief, especially those we name silently, that you would grant them comfort, healing, and release Awaken in us boundless compassion and use us as agents of loving kindness. O God of love and mercy, hear our prayer. For the saints of every time and generation, that you would keep us all in the bonds of love and bring us to the fullness of your reign. O God of love and mercy, hear our prayer. O God of love, hear the prayers of your people. Enliven us by your spirit to live into the fullness of your reign. We pray through Jesus, our life and our hope, in the words which he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
The peace of the Lord be always with you. We greet you once again here in the nave of Marsh Chapel and would encourage you to put your name and contact information in the red books found along the center aisle of each pew so that we can can get to know you better and help you get to know one another better throughout the week. We would note uh, that tomorrow the chapel offices will be, and all of our regularly scheduled activities will be canceled, but they will resume again on Wednesday, and the chapel offices will open again on Tuesday. We note also that next Sunday is our annual crop walk. Uh, Crop stands for Congregations Responding to Overcome Poverty, and along with a number of other greater Boston congregations, we will be walking to raise money to end poverty. For more information and to sign up to walk, contact the servant team at servants at bu.edu. We would encourage you to keep an eye to the chapel website, bu.edu slash chapel, for all of our upcoming services and activities, as well as the opportunity for online giving. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
You who loved us so freely and without pause, together we humbly stand before you, and together we offer these gifts to you, so that together we may be servants of you, Lord, our rock and our deliverer. Amen. support us all the day long of this troublous life until the shadows lengthen and the evening comes and the busy world is hushed and the fever of life is over and our work is done. Then in thy mercy grant us a safe rest, a happy lodging, and peace at the last through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs> 